Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Looking for adventure in 2023? How does island hopping in Thailand sound? What about marveling at waterfalls in Iceland? Or tapas with your new BFFs in Seville? What about discovering the world with an awesome group of 18 to 35? Explore all of this and more with Kintiki. You'll sleep in the coolest accommodation and learn from local guides and experts. Visit Kintiki.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-K-I.com to book your next adventure. Kintiki. Travel together. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome along to the Wednesday Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. I'm your host this afternoon, Colin Watt, not Kevin Graham. Um, unfortunately, Kevin's had to pull out at the last minute. We don't know if it's COVID-related or if it's an injury relation, but we'll get some injury transfer news further down the line to say maybe he's left us. Brian, surely Kevin hasn't abandoned ship? No, no, surely not. Surely he's not got a transfer to a big club down south. Um it's been good. There's been a bit of squad rotation in the past couple of weeks. We had Natasha replacing you, um, and then Kev's just Kev's done a bump for the day. But I'm sure he'll be back shortly. What did you call it back? Oh, where, where, where did you grow up, Brian? Uh, Pollock. Pollock. What was it called in Pollock? If you missed school, dogging it. Dogging it. See, we called it skidging it. 
Scheduling it? Scheduling it, aye. So oh, officially, yeah, here I we are. I, don't, I, I wouldn't tell anyone now that when I was a wee guy, I used to dog it. <laughs> aye, you dogging schools, got a bit of different terminology nowadays, but aye. let us know in the comments what it was. If you deliberately missed school, we'll bring up some of the best ones. Um, if you've got any questions as well ahead of um, what is an exciting weekend of football, bring them up and we'll go, we're going to let you guys sort of dictate what the agenda will be today. Uh, Lanky67 coming in to say that he's from Pollock, born in Leafy. So you go, Brian, you've got another fellow dogger there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're only a minute in and we've already spoke about that. Uh, and he's actually come in to say that he was dogging school, he was famous for it. Magnus sixty seven, uh, Skyven, aye, Skyven, we call it that aye, one. Aye. Uh, Stephen, oh, what we got here? Anthony Patrick, plugging it, plugging it, plugging it's got a totally different meaning down here as well. Uh, that's a very violent connotation where I'm <laughs> when getting plugged. But, but uh, what what we got here? We've got Pry as well as a, a Gurokian skidging it here as well. Aye, that's a uh, that's more what we knew it from. So that's officially what. Um, Kev's doing the days, either dogging it or skidging it or uh, plugging it, apparently. But we'll, we'll see. He can come back and tell us next week. He's maybe plugging the skidging while he's dogging it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a lot to be doing at lunchtime. But if there's any man that could do it, it's with Kevin Graham. Brian, I wasn't here last week. How was it without me? Uh, it was good, mate. We, we flew in Natasha as a last-minute replacement. Um, so it was, uh, it was good while you were sunning yourself and, and um, one of your, your very... Very many vacations. Uh, and all, <laughs> it went really well. It was uh, good fun. It's normally on a Wednesday. Aye, it was good to see. I, I watched back and I saw a bit of the slagging, and apparently I was a, a cheat at the quiz as well. But I'm, I'm not having that. I, I wouldn't go to such slanderous terms. Natasha Miko knows better. Um, <laughs> no, it was good to, to see you guys last week as I was uh, sunning it up in Lanzarote. And I shout out to the, the owners of the, the Bar 67 over there. If anyone's ever over in Puerto del Carmen, definitely check it out. Guys have spent a lot of money doing the place up and it's definitely a, a place for um, Celtic fans to go and visit. Great food, great atmosphere and there's about, I don't know, 12 to 15 TVs so you're never going to miss a minute of the action. So it's great to see that over there. Um, but look, let's get back on to what uh, Kevin was going to be talking about um, and that is the future of Karamoko Dembele ahead um, of what we believe is his contract expiring at the end of the summer. Brian, we spoke about this and the two of us had a, a quite an interesting argument a couple of weeks ago about who had the brighter future at Celtic Football Club. Was it Ben Doak or was it Karamoko Dembele? You were very vocal at that point on Ben Doak. We've since seen um, Ange Postacoglu come out and say that the players that are involved in his squad at the moment are the players that he focuses on. Um, and players that he believes has a future at the club. We've now seen that the word has come out that Ben Doak could be making the move down south to Liverpool at a nominal fee of around £150,000 is the, the, the talk. And the wages, if you listen to the wages, it's meant to be somewhere in the region of um, five figures a week, which for a 16-year-old is absolutely incredible. Looking at it ahead now, if we, could, if we were to go back and have that conversation do you still think of the two of them, and I'm not talking about as a, a Celtic player, but as a footballer, who has the brighter future out of the two of them now? Uh, obviously, the brighter Celtic future would be Karimoko because he's the only one that's still here, but in terms of actual player, I still think Doak has got the, 
the the sort of wider skill set. I think you you see him. He's already like quite a physical presence for a, a young guy. Um, he's quite robust. He's strong. And the fact that Liverpool are in for him, you know. I remember Karim Oko, um He was linked to everybody, wasn't he, for a for a period of time in his youth, but never went anywhere. And his contract set to expire. Um, I thought he made a really good cameo. I, I texted you and, and said, you know, it was a decent shout for Karim Oko. So I thought he made a, a very good cameo against Dundee United. I thought it looked effective and smart. Um, but very, very slight still. So that that would be a concern for me in the modern game, just because, and I know people see you guys like Messi and you've got little guys and stuff, and I get it, but if you look at the low averages, especially in England, people are so, they're so strong, so physical, they're, sort of, they're almost elite athletes first, and then players. And I do worry about the physicality of young Dembele. That being said, it does give me hope that I see something in him because he's been playing him in the squad. Um, and I hope then that, and I think Anne said the other week, it's a two-way street. If Karim Oko wants to stay, then there's a place for him. But if, if he's, he's not going to try and convince him, which I think is the right approach because he, we've seen in the past what happens when there's players that are at the club in, in England for a move or don't want to be there. So I, I think that's the right call to see what the, the player wants to do. And it reminds me actually, of, do you remember when Brian Christie before he left? Mm-hmm. And he Willie, won't he? And he got the armband one day. Yep. And it seemed like it was a, a vote of confidence to say, look, if you stay, I value you. And obviously, Brian, Brian moved on to Bournemouth, and, and fair enough. But And I wonder if it's a similar situation with Karim Oko, where I'm just saying, look, I'll, you will feature under me. I'm not going to you know, give you any nonsense about it. You get some game time, you get more next season, but only if you want to be here. So it could be a clever tactic for, for Ange, and it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, I mean, I remember that game where Christie was given the armband and I think everyone was sort of under the um, awareness that it was going to be going on, but it was someone that if there was any possibility to keep him at the club, Andrew was desperate to do so. Um, what we've heard coming out of a, a meeting that some of the, I think it was Club Celtic were at last night, some of the Club Celtic members were at, at Celtic Park last night, um, which was a sort of Q&A with Ange Postacoglu, is that Celtic have made quite a, a strong effort and Ange himself has made quite a strong effort to convince Ben Doak to stay at Celtic Football Club but it does seem as though he will be moving on and from that point I think that's when you started seeing Ben dropping out of the first team squad um, he's been back down to play for the B team uh, and Karamoko has been given his opportunity and the fact that he's still in there it does suggest that his future is still open but like yourself I'd like to see him being given the opportunity to prove himself because he's someone who broke into Celtic with such high expectations. You saw him at youth level, he was always on these highlight videos. He made it to the um, reserve team at, what, 13, 14 years old? And I know that was against Brendan Rodgers, as the Brendan Rodgers claxon, seven minutes in, that might be the earliest one yet. Um, but that was against his better wishes at the time because he was talking about the development. Um, and now you've saw him, he's broke into the team. A lot of people always said, He's small, he's slight, he's not quite got the same ability to, to step up and get into the first team and take on these elder statesmen that he comes up against. But I, I thought he put a good shift in the other night, on Monday night. Anytime I've seen him, I think he's that sort of burst of energy that you need, especially when you look at the way that Celtic's been playing this time. Um, after sort of 65, 70 minutes, 
the subs that we can bring on, they're never really a bust of energy. They're really a sort of containment. Guys like McCarthy when he came on, Gucci when he came on. There's never anybody that you're talking about um, taking them taking them on and exploiting the space that will be left behind. And I think Karamoko did that on Monday night. I think so. And I think the, the interesting thing with, with Karamoko, if he does stay, will, for the sake of the discussion, we'll assume he's staying right because we don't know anything different at this stage. I think what he does is he's so different from our other wingers. Like, Jota's kind of not really a traditional winger. He's a bit more direct and more of a second striker. Forrest is very much a typical winger. He's out wide. You could argue if his pace is going or not. Um, Jota's got a tricks and flicks and cutting in and out. Karamoko's more of a, a sort of dribbler and really good with the ball at his feet and he likes to sort of move inside as well, which would probably benefit the way Ange plays. So it's good to have, you know, that option of that something different. Because it's a different prospect for people to deal with. And, you know, if you're, a, if you're a defender and you've been chasing after a bad, I say, for 70 minutes, mm-hmm. and Dembele comes on, you, it's, a diff, it's a totally different player you're marking. It's not just a different winger. It's a completely different way of playing. And I think that could be a, an advantage. The other thing is, and I suppose the flip side of the physicality thing, is that he will win a boatload of fouls. Yeah. And then around the box, you can guarantee it. Um, so again, with that in mind, th- there is benefits there. And I just think that at the moment, like, I think this, I don't mean to, to kick his head in, because I, I, I have given praise in the past, but you look at when Michael Johnson, Mikey Johnson came on, at carry at the same time, the decision-making from Karimoko at every turn was better. They get in similar positions at times, but Mikey still has that moment where he's not sure whether it's like a twist or cross. Or it, it, it's quite a lot of hesitation. Uh, his really, final ball is really something that he needs to work on. Yeah, whereas Karimoko, he seemed quite... He seemed to be his mind made up where the pass was going or his run. There's a much more uh, definitive action about him. And he is still only a kid. Although we've known about him for so long, it feels like he's been around the club for years. Mikey Johnson, 22... Karamoko's what? Stunt 18? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, that's a, that's still a big difference there. So, for me, he would be a, a, a better option. I think he could contribute to the squad. Studs Lanigan coming in with the axe on Grandas saying that plunking was a term used in the 1920s and 30s. It's good to see we've still got viewers around from that era as well. Good to have you along, Studs. Um, no, the, the, the reason we're bringing up Karamoko is you look ahead to this game on Saturday. Now, James Forrest came off with what looked as if it was a bit of a niggle. We don't know whether Abada will be back in time for the game. Jota could potentially be missing as well. And this game against Ross County at the weekend is potentially one of these opportunities that Karamoko Dembele could step up and show his value to Celtic Football Club and show why he is deserving of a new contract. Um, But he is one that sort of splits the fan base. We've got Raymond Carr here saying... Karamoko looked really bright when he came on. Could be a handful for some of the defenders in the league and a huge threat from the bench. I think eventually he'll want to be the one to start, considering the sort of build-up he's had. But he is, if he stays patient, he'll get that opportunity, I think, as well. Uh, Stevie Boy saying nobody should be persuaded to stay at a club if they think they can do better um, than a club with a stature of Celtic. Don't let the door hit their uh, backside on the way out. Uh, Brown Warrior. Um, this is the one that always comes up as well as it's the comparison to Islam Farouz and the way that his career went. Now, as far as I'm aware, Islam Farouz now is retired at 23, 24, and he's making um, a hat cut. He's making hats now. Now, good luck to him if that's what he's doing. But he was another one who it was Tommy Burns who fought for him and his family to stay in the country. Um, 
he was going to be uh, deported. And then they, he put all their faith into him. He played in the, the Tommy Burns tribute match uh, and then basically disappeared. The, the money came from down south and that was him. Um, so you're kind of hoping that this isn't the same way that Karamoko Dembele goes. Uh, and the, the kind of point here is probably nail on the head from the Dickeliser. Only Karamoko Dembele can resurrect Karamoko Dembele's career. Now, I, <coughs> apologies, I agree with that. And I think that if he's given the opportunity... The first time he can do that is this Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that to an extent. I think the difference in coaching, I think, you know, he looks like a type of player who would benefit under coaching under Ange than he did maybe under under Lennon. Um, so a, a different coach can encourage him. It depends on the type of player. I mean, I think Islam Farouk is the type of, he's the cautionary tale, isn't he, for, for youngsters in football? Or if you've got the world at your feet, the grass isn't always greener. Um, but I also think he's a bit of an exception to the rule. Really, um, with with Kanemoko, I think that if he starts to think Ange can make me a better player than I am, that may be a more important decision than whether I want to stay at Celtic. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so I think that it really depends on and how he how he shows up and what he does. Regarding the Ross County game, I would start him as well, but I think only if. Abada and Jota aren't fit because I think Ross County games are much harder game than their assumption. They've they've had a decent season actually. Malcolm McKay's done quite a good job with them. He's definitely turned them round from where they were earlier on in the season, and a lot of that's down to the performances of Egan Charles Cook, a guy who's out of contract in the summer, and I can see him making a bigger move from that. I mean, if you look at the the sort of what is it between fourth and tenth in the Premier League at the minute. There's only three or four points between it all. That's how close it could be. You don't know. You're struggling to predict who the top six are going to be because you just don't know. There's a couple of teams of games in hand and stuff like that. This is the closest I can remember our league ever looking. This is the way that the Championship used to look every single season, and now it's the Premiership. Uh, it's good, but it's a, a, it's an indication that it's it's getting harder and teams are getting a wee bit better. It's the gaps closing, so you've got info. Um, but again, the reason I, I would still play him is because I think that as well as being able to play for Celtic in terms of ability, you've got to be putting that jersey in hand with the pressure. And I'm not one that's, I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't really put young players in right away, blah, blah, blah. But I just think if you're going to thrive at the club, the mentality is almost just as important as any physical. And if you can go take that pressure against a, a team that's going to sit in, try and break them down, you're, you're the creative player, so it's, the onus is very much on you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the if they're playing for Celtic and are wearing that jersey, they have to be able to handle that pressure. So I, I, I wouldn't really hesitate to put them in, but again, I would rather have the likes of Avada and Jota, I think, at this stage. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. I'm not the hugest fan of rotation within a team anyway, unless somebody's fault particularly bad. I think that you should, where possible, always play your strongest 11, especially now, though, with this running we've got. That I don't think there's any. Uh, I mean, look, Angelo's far better than me, but I just think that there's no real margin for error now. 
I think your strongest team, your strongest 11 plays. Um, however, I wouldn't have any taste now I've thrown him in if a bad doesn't make it. It's interesting, Ryan McGinley comes in to say Jota and Abada will be fine for the weekend, says Ange. I'd love to trust Ange 100% and say that that's exactly what it's going to be, but I mean, I think Ange likes to keep everybody on their toes and um, saying they'll be fine. I mean, Jack Amakis was meant to be fine for the other week and he missed out a couple of games in a row, so you, you just never know. We'll see what happens on the day. Um, it's, for me, if he's given the opportunity on Saturday... This is sort of his big... It's the biggest one he's had, certainly. Obviously, we had the, the opportunity when um, there was the players out with the, the COVID incident around going to Dubai last year and he was given a, a couple of games to show what he was he could do. But now he's been here another year. He's got another year under his belt. He's come back from this injury. He did look as though in pre-season he was going to be someone who was given time. He's been given some chances off the bench so far. I just think if you've got a player like that, I mean... Take a look back to Anthony Ralston at the start of the season and how his Celtic career was pretty much over. Now he's got another four or five year deal. He's there's talk about why is he not in the Scotland squad? He's there's talk of him potentially being up for player of the year, things like that. It just shows you if you're given your opportunity and you take it, there's a, a big, big chance that you can be a key member of this squad. Yeah, well, you get the impression that Andrews is receptive to that. You know, I think if he sees somebody trying and playing well and taking the opportunity, I think that's kind of his mantra. Mm-hmm. It seems like the type of guy who, just in life, you know, if he's given a chance, expects to take it. I don't think he's going to make excuses for, for players. I mean, if you look at, you know, just Ralston, look at, you know, the difference in Rogic, look at the difference in, in Beaton. You know, Beaton maybe get a couple of more chances just because he's experienced in the squad, but he takes chances as well. Beaton, by and large, hasn't let Ange down at any point. Maybe Bodo Blunt games aside. Mm-hmm. So I think that's accurate, and it goes back to my point earlier about um, Karamofo's decision making um, regarding his, his stay. I think if he goes forward, then this guy's going to make me better, and if he makes me much better, I can get an even bigger move. So even if he's got an internal desire that he might be try something different, he still might think actually I'm enjoying my football. There's clever players about me. There's something special happening here. This guy's going to get me to a different level. It might be worthwhile hanging on for at least another year. So it may not be just the love of the club or, or the fact he's been here so long that keeps him. It may be the fact that Ange, the delure of playing under him and developing under him, is something. And I think that I think you could put that bracket in guys like Jota and, and CCV as well. I think you know I know a lot of the focus has been on the the Champions League money and if they're in the Champions League group stages, that's going to be a key for them. But a guy like Jota in particular, he may think actually this guy's making me a better player. If you know. I can improve in what is already a quite spectacular skill set. I can get an even bigger move to a, a bigger club or a, or a bigger league, rather. Um, so I think the, the coach as well as the club have got such a massive saying things because you have to think. Um, I mean, I saw a, a, an article about Fring Pong the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine where he would have been on the ranch? Mm-hmm. Just a season apart. And I know we don't like to talk about ex players, I, I get it, but you always think about these things and you think, well, Maybe the coach is just as important as the club because apparently, I mean, most players that have left Celtic said they didn't really want to leave Celtic. They loved it there, but career-wise, there was other opportunities, whether that being a financial or a chance to um, improve themselves as players. So it's not just the allure of the club; it's the people in it. And I think Ange, you know, last we spoke loads about him. He's the he's the absolute best guy to have as a custodian of the club. I mean, he just he could run through a wall from. 
you watch any interview with him, you're suddenly kind of inspired, and so you can only imagine how these young guys playing under him must feel. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the, the sort of young players and the young players that have moved on over the last couple of years, and everyone knows the sort of the Barry Hepburns, the Liam Hughes, and it does look as if Ben Doak's going to be the next one to, to add to that list. And it sort of asked the question, and we've been speaking about it in the group chat over the last couple of days, as to what is the best way for Celtic to entice young players to stay at the club? Is it through showing them there's a pathway into the team? And is that pathway through the continuation of the Celtic B team in the Lowland League? There is discussions ongoing at the minute for both Celtic B and Rangers B to continue in the Lowland League this season. Um, as it stands, I believe Celtic B are sitting second behind the champions, Bonnie Rig Rose, um, which shows you that they are very competitive at that level. But the question that was kind of kicking about our group chat is, is that a competitive enough level? Because if you take a look at it, whoever Bonnie, if Bonnie Rigg was to go up this season, I don't know who they'd be playing in the Highland League. Celtic would probably be seen as the second best team in that league. They can't get any promotion, so they can't go to League Two. Is playing against a Lowland League side week in and week out enough for, say, someone like Boston Lawwell or Rocco Vata or Joey Dawson um, or Johnny Kenny, who signed in January? to be given enough game time to then say, well, do you know what? We're actually really short of strikers, so Kenny, you're in, or uh, Dawson, you're in, or we're, we're struggling in the midfield, so Rockall, here's your chance. Is that the, the time, or are we saying now, it's all right them playing in that league, but they still need to get experience at a higher level, and pot- potentially the next thing is looking to get a loan manager in to kind of develop these guys' careers a bit further? Yeah, so I think there's pros and cons to, to both, so... We'll, we'll start off positive, we'll do the pros. I think the the, the, the good thing about them playing in the, playing the whole league is that they'll get toughened up, certainly, right? They're going to be in real competitive games, which, you know, I think if you ask most players, they prefer a competitive game over a reserve game or a training session. They like the actual competitiveness of it, so that's a, a benefit. The fact that the B team's kind of been playing a very similar system to the way Ange plays, or this close approximation of it, that serves them in good stead for making the transition right into the first team. And the fact they're still at the club, even though they're playing in the lower league, I think the large majority of them are training with the first team. Mm-hmm. They do have to take that step up. It's a lot you know, easier than if they go and loan, say. So, you know, you're, you're playing for Celtic B squad, like Dane Murray, I'm always championing on about. Um, apparently, he's quite near a, a first team call-up. He's been training for his first team. So he's doing well because he's playing. So if he goes into the first team now, I'll always only be playing in the Lowland League. He's been playing a system that's Celtic play. He's training with the first team and it's a much easier step to get straight in. Whereas if he, say, went and loaned to Motherwell or went and loaned to, I don't know, Northampton, it's, he's playing a different system. He's knowing the club's eye every day. He's not training with mm-hmm. the same players. So there is a there's an argument you can make for, for both Um the negatives of it is the fact that, yeah, the, the league standard is poor, so they're, while they'll improve physically, they're probably not going to improve technically too much. You're really relying on the training sessions. And the, the, the flip side is, is Ange going to look at anyone in the B team playing against, you know, say Bonnerick, for example, and think, wow, they could do it against, you know, someone in the, the Champions League? That's, that's the question. So it really depends on what's happening at training and what the structure of the club is. I don't think um, we know enough about the pathway system yet, other than the fact that Ange 
by all accounts, he's basically got the, the, the B team players training the same way as the first team, mm-hmm. playing the same sort of system, which should, in theory, allow them to just step in. But we don't know what discussions are happening behind the scenes. He may have said to three or four of them, look, keep playing the way you're playing. You might get a chance next season when we let a bunch of players go. We might need to beef up the squad. We may not have the funds to, to buy you know, five players that are going to be squad players. We might want you guys to be the squad players and sort of build on that and train. We really don't know. So there's positives and negatives for both. Um, but what's clear is I don't think the situation we have with young players leaving is much different from any other club, if I'm honest. A lot's been made of the fact we don't have a clear pathway and stuff, and I do get it. But, you know, Hibs players have been leaving for years, young players getting poached. You know, players at Fulham have been getting poached. You know, it, it, all, it always happens unless somebody can get a. Less than he's either got a, you know, like the Ben Doak, he's not going to Liverpool's first team. But what he's going to get is a, a much higher standard of living with the wages. Yep. Even reserve games, he's going to train with probably better players or as good players available. And he's playing in some excellent facilities. So he might never play, he might never kick it off for Liverpool. But this is still probably a good move for him for his career. Because he's never going to guarantee to walk into the team next season anyway. So I think you need to look at each case in isolation and say, I mean, if a player leaves Celtic youth team, say if Karim Oakwood decides not to stay at Celtic mm-hmm. and he goes to MK Dons, you have to think to yourself, well, the facilities aren't going as good, the club profile is not as good, that seems like a downstep. If he goes to, maybe no Chelsea now, but if he goes to, say, Man United, and, he, and he's, he's playing, even if he doesn't get a game for them, he's still going to learn a lot and maybe still go to a decent level. So I think you need to take it on a case-by-case basis, but I don't think as much as it's frustrating, if you'd really looked at every club and had this conversation, I think you'd see similar things sort of coming to uh, the forefront. Interested to see what you guys' thoughts are on the B team um, ahead of potentially being in the Lowland League for a further season. Um, just before we bring up some of the comments, going to some advertising to do. Um, the B team are getting the chance to play at Celtic Park in a couple of weeks' time in a Glasgow derby against the Rangers B side. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can get them from e-ticketing at Celtic. Um, £10 for adults and £5 for concessions. I believe it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night game, so it'll be in the lights at Celtic Park and you'll get to see some of these players like Karamoko Dembele, like Ben Doak, like... Um, Rocco Vata getting the chance and seeing what the future of Celtic really is and also any season ticket holders have until 2pm today to get their free ticket to see the Celtic women's team playing at Celtic Park which is next Saturday a 3 o'clock kickoff for that one um, as Celtic women take on Hibs women um, so a chance to maybe take your kids along to, to that one. I know Fran Alonso is very excited at the prospect of playing in front of a big crowd. I think the challenge is to see if we can get the biggest women's crowd in Scottish football. And if there's a fan base that can do that, it's certainly the Celtic fan base. So you have until two o'clock today to get your free tickets and then I believe they'll be going on sale um, for non-season ticket holders. So worth checking that one out. Um, thoughts on the B team coming in first one here from Billy Subs Grant if all teams play the same system it makes no difference, I think that's what you're saying here, it's not all teams in the same league, it's the teams from the first team to the B team to the under 19s to the under 17s as long as they're playing the same sort of structure then you see that, I don't think Celtic did do that beforehand um, mostly because I don't think Celtic had a, a set structure beforehand it was sort of done on a game by game basis 
underwater cabbage salesman comes in to say we need the B team, you can discuss the standard, yes, but regular games are better than a game or two a month. Utilise the Lowland League and loans until we can get the B teams promoted. Now, that is part of the thing. It's like the B teams seem to be stuck in this sort of, it's going to be the Lowland League and that's that's where it's going to be. And that's down to the, the thoughts of other teams in Scottish football. That's not down to Celtic or Rangers. That's just the way that we are looked at by the rest of Scottish football. And that's unfortunately a sad state of affairs because Gary Melrose brings up a good point to say, at times the Lowland League is pointless, we need the B team development team playing through the leagues, no promotion to the Premiership like Spain, then injured players can feed back into. I think that's sort of what Celtic's ultimate goal would be, but it's trying to convince the rest of Scottish football that that's the way, because you know they'll say, well, if, if you can do it, how come Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen can't do it? Put the money into it. I think in the terms of Scottish football, money talks. I Absolutely, I think it's a, it'd be a good idea, but... As I say, with every scenario, there's, there's positives and negatives. Um, and I think I would rather, I think if it was my personal choice, I would rather keep the playing in the Lowland League and that sort of system Ange plays because, as you say, it is so decisive and so clear that everyone plays the same. I don't think loans are hugely beneficial in this particular system. Like, I don't think you see Liam Shaw or Urigidi playing for Celtic again. If I'm honest, I know it might be a bold statement, but I just don't see it. I don't see what Liam Shaw will learn at Motherwell, that he's going to not going to learn at Celtic. Because it's like he has to retrain in the same system anyway, so I'm not 100% sold on that. Although, of course, I'd be delighted if it was the case. Um, the other aspect with young players coming through that I think sometimes we forget about is, you know, what happens if they make mistakes? So what happens if Ange brings through, like, say, three youngsters at the start of the next season? They may go, oh, brilliant, he's bringing through the youth, that's great. And they have shockers for the first couple of games. Does he drop them and they'll play them again? Does he keep giving them a chance even though they've had a flurry? How does that affect their confidence? Are the fans going to get on them? So there's other aspects to that as well. Would Celtic fans be be willing to say, well, we drew the day because we played a team of youngsters, that's all right? Or would it be, you play for Celtic, you can never draw? So would we, we're asking for, you know, young players to come through and play a part of the team and meld in, but are we going to be patient enough to, to, Trust that process and see that out. And that's something to consider as well, because Celtic are like other clubs. We know that. We need to win all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's another to break through the young. So that's why the lights are James Forrest and Callum McGregor are so impressive because they come in quite young and sort of, and, and sort of had that mentality and, and weren't phased. And luckily they were on a, a decent side that were running. If they'd come in a team that was really struggling and been really poor, we'd be had the patience to see them develop. And I think that's a question we need to be honest with ourselves about and say, you know, because I, I really am a big fan of young players coming through. I think it's key. I see I've mentioned Dave Murray a bunch of times. The boy Lawless done brilliant. Um, I think there's uh, other guys come through. I, I'd like to see more of Ben Dope before obviously now he's leaving. Gary Moko. So I'd like to see the guys coming through and getting a chance. But I would have to account for the fact that, you know, they're going to be up and down. I'd like, I mean, look at a bad when he came in. Mm-hmm. He was a hero. Then everybody hated him. And he's a hero again. I don't think everybody hated him. I think they were looking oh, for him to pick up a bit of form. Aye. Aye. But there was dips and he was getting a lot of criticism. He was. And then he was a hero again. These things happen with fans. Don't you say it fans. I do it myself. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Like, you know, I, I don't know where Starfield. It's like, oh, you can be murder. And they're like, oh, Starfield's best friend ever. Because you react at the time, don't you? Because you're emotive. Mm-hmm. And I just worry that if we're trying to filter young players through, I would be concerned about the, um, the patience of the fans. Although that being said, if you're good enough, it shouldn't matter, right? Well, there is the opportunity for people to go and take a look at the B team playing at Celtic Park. I know Airdrie is a bit of a travel for a lot of the West Coast fans, um, some East Coast fans as well, but playing at Celtic Park under the lights on a Tuesday night, £10 entry, it's, it's not a lot. £5 for the kids, bring them along, um, and let's hopefully get three points on the board in that one. Now, you mentioned someone there, Brian, I think that's a great segue. Uh, you're talking about players who divide opinion, they have great form, then they slip off and then they come back. And someone who really divides the, the Celtic fan base is James Forrest. And he's someone who, over the last couple of weeks, has sort of worked his way back into the Celtic squad. He played again on Monday night. He looks as if he came off with a bit of, a, of an injury. But over the last sort of couple of weeks, he is someone who has provided a couple of assists. He's looked as if he's getting back to somewhere near his best. Let's just hope this injury doesn't keep him out for a bit longer. And it'd be great to see him back up to the levels that he was maybe 18 months to two years ago. The interesting thing with Forrest now is that I think he's going to have to change his game. So I think he's going to have to adapt to the fact that he's, he's no as fast as he was. It, it happens to his all. Well, I've never been that fast in my life and I'm considerably, <laughs> considerably slow now. I can't run that door without being puffed out, so it's not well, it depends if the bell goes for last orders at a bar, then you, you suddenly find that extra half yard. Well, I, he suddenly lost into a sprint and let my head But before us, I think that I think he's sort of, he's he's tried to adapt his game a little bit. He's not quite doing the bombing runs out right as as Hollywood. And I think if he can do that successfully, he, he, he can he can still have a, a big role to play. I think the key thing for him is he's so experienced. I think people always, for some reason, I think it's because he looks so young. People always think he is still a young guy, but. He's been out for so time and he's mm-hmm. he's right there with some of the, the best players that I've ever had in terms of you know goals, assists, contributions, trophies, and the teams he's played under. I mean, he, he's a Celtic legend, I think. I, I think he'll go down in that. The question is, is he going to be the answer next season? I don't think he's going to play every game. I think if Jota or Vader are fit, they'll always start before him. I don't seem to be a, a set starter anymore. However, you know, for players looking at him, 
and as an example in training and stuff like that, you've got to say he's still a guy you would always have in your, your squad at least. Um, and as I say, I think I've, what he's done in the past couple of weeks, maybe he's, I think he, he, he's sort of been smart enough to, to tweak your game a little bit, or Ange sort of told him, and he, he's getting good for it. And I like the fact that, yeah, he looks as if he was carrying a bit of an injury the other night, but he still kept on, he still worked really hard, he, he got his head down, and I, mm-hmm. I think he's a good example for players. Um, if they got me, it's just that, again, it's, it's that sort of... That sort of um, I don't know if it's recognition bias, you would call it, but it seems like sometimes we are, we are far harder or we, we take less to players that come through than maybe we should. Maybe Cal McGregor aside, but... I, I know we've got some of the statos that, that watch along and um, they contribute as well, and I'd be interested to see if they could bring up Callum McGregor's heat map from Monday night at some point, because I don't know if it was just me that noticed this, but when Celtic were attacking down the right-hand side, you found Callum McGregor sort of slotting in, not quite at the, the right-back position, but in that sort of right-of-defence position, with Juranovic playing a bit further forward, and then Forrest was the most furthest forward. And it seemed to be that that was the three that kind of linked up the play down the right-hand side. And that was only when we were going down there. You never saw it on the left-hand side with Taylor and um, with Maeda. It was always just when it went down the right-hand side. And I think a lot of times Celtic's attacks do focus down that side. So I wonder if that is part of the strategy going forward, is that Juranovic isn't seen as much of the inverted fullback. He's seen as the overlapping fullback. And Callum McGregor slots into that position. And when you look at it, I thought it was one of Callum McGregor's best performances of the season. Um, on Monday night, he was someone who wanted to go on the ball constantly. He was looking for a pass. He had his head up. Um, he took his goal extremely well. Um, and he, he was kind of getting back to that Callum McGregor of like the start of the season where everybody was like, right, this is great. He's, he's stepping up. He's, he's producing. Um, and... I know that there was others up there from the man in the match, but for me, I thought it was Cal McGregor was definitely um, was right up there, and I wondered how much of that had to be with the fact that we maybe tweaked the tactics a wee bit. Um, Johnny Ryan seen potentially playing in the Bruni role. It was a wee bit like that. You've seen sort of Scott Brown playing in that position as well, um, but yeah, definitely something to look at going forward. Is if we do have Forrest in the team, how much of that is impacted to seeing? McGregor and Juranovic changing the rules. Absolutely, I, I, I agree with that because I think that I mentioned it before we spoke about McGregor's best position and stuff, and I said I don't think it's necessarily about his position. I think it's about the dynamic of the team. So, for instance, we spoke before um, about Juranovic being on the left hand side instead of Taylor, and I said I thought that was a mistake because you would have him and Jota both cutting inside, mm-hmm. and it didn't seem to work as a dynamic for me. Although I agree. Juranovic is good on the left-hand side. And it's the same way on, on, on the right. Before she are right, Juranovic wasn't really cutting in as much. It was more that attacking threat. I thought McGregor was really good in the first half with Hitati and O'Reilly because that that's I think that's the best dynamic in midfield we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get the Hitati argument that I had with people because I thought he'd done pretty well in the first half. I thought he made a few mistakes. I don't think he was brilliant. But I think we really missed his energy until the subs get made. Because see when McCarthy came on and McGregor went further forward, I think that then helped the dynamic. Because Roger could be the sort of 10, McGregor the, the bomb and eight, and McCarthy controlling. So I think there was a period that maybe wasn't, no, wasn't quite working for, for Callum, but there was a drop-off at the start of the second half because I think he really missed 
um, Hitati's energy. Because mm-hmm. you need to remember, it's not about always what guys like Hitati are doing on the ball. It's sometimes more effective off the ball. I mean, he's closing down and winning the ball back, and he's big air can get into space to be really effective. But he's not there, McGregor's then doing that role, as the commentator said, the Bruni role. Whereas I think actually he's really good at linking up. I prefer him in the eight. So I think it, uh, McGregor, like Forrest, as we're talking about, I think the team dynamics are what dictate how their performances are as opposed to necessarily the positions ourselves, if that makes sense. I think it always comes up against the opposition you're playing against as well. I mean, Dundee United are a, a solid team. They don't concede a, a lot of goals. Um, they set up pretty well. They set up the, the sort of back five, as it was, for Celtic to, to break it down. Um, but they also did have a bit of a threat, despite not really having a... I don't think they had a single shot on target, but they did look... Um, they did look quite dangerous coming forward at times as well. Um, and then I think in that position, when you're playing teams like Dundee United away, if you're playing Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Rangers, the sort of top teams in the league, having McGregor in that holding position is probably his best position because he can link up the playing, as you say, playing it forward to the likes of Hatati and O'Reilly and Rogic or whoever it may be, Turnbull, when he comes back into the squad. That's his perfect position against these teams. But see, when you come up against a sort of Dundee at home or a St Mirren at home, and it's not being disrespectful to them, but they're, they're teams that will only set up with 10 behind the ball or 11 behind the ball. At that point, I think McGregor's wasted playing that defensive midfield role because, and some people will probably put in the comments here, do we actually need a defensive midfield role? when you're playing teams like that. You, this is where you need your, your centre-halves to step up. You're looking for someone to sort of make that um, Chris Iyer movement, whether that be Carter Vickers or whether it be Starfield, to sort of make the move from centre-half to the midfield position and then pass it on so that you don't need that defensive midfielder. You can just play to the three attacking mids and the three forwards. I think... So I, I, I see the point behind that. The only thing I would say is that I don't think it's necessarily the, the deeper players like necessarily that defensive. I think they're basically the, the sort of link between defence and midfield. So, for instance, when you get Starfield coming out, say, and I'm not having a go on right, but he isn't the greatest in possession at times, you need someone there to be there to take the ball off him. Mm-hmm. Even if they run past him, they still need that security or somebody else there. And I think that's why we'll always have that system where a deeper line player. Um, but you're right, maybe we don't need Callum in there against other teams. You know, you could have maybe like a beat on and then he could drop into a back three even being if they could push up. So there is ways about it, and that's what I mean about the, the dynamics of the team, I think. It's not necessarily about the positions. I think it just depends, as you say, opposition and personnel available. I think certain people work with certain other people in the team. So, for instance, I thought Taylor was pretty good the other night. I thought mm-hmm. it was one of the, the best games he's played for a while. Um, and I... I but I don't think him and Maeda are particularly effective in the left. So you almost saw Maeda as a, just sort of, he was doing the, the Hitati role as well, he was sort of pressing people. Taylor was very much inside, whereas look at the other side, it was sort of outside in, and Juranovic uh, overlapping. So I think it, I think almost the, the starting level will be dictated by, not necessarily who's available, but who's going to play in certain positions, and then that will influence the rest of the team. But the good thing is that, you know, if we were having this conversation at the start of the season when we were, we were you know, the squad was you know, so threadbare, actually now we can have probably two or three versions of a strong start in 11 with players in different positions and it still works really well. So I think it's a, we're in a really good position to be in. 
Definitely. Um, and I mean, if you said to someone at the start of the season after six games in, where we'd won three, lost three, that come St Paddy's Day, you needed six more victories to win the league. Six six games in a row and you were two games away, potentially after that from a treble, then somebody would say, right, what's going on here? Who's coming in? Are we bringing a new manager in? What's happening? It just wasn't the way that it looked as if it was going to be at the start of the season. But the transformation, that's 30 games in domestic competition unbeaten so far. And it has been an incredible turnaround from Ange and the squad. And I think by the end of the season, we'll look back at that and we'll say, does that potentially, that performance away at Aberdeen that totally turned the season right round? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many points. We, we had a discussion kind of the other day about that as well, like key points, and, and you're right. It's, it's hard to... I don't think there's any one moment where it seemed to all click and change. But one of the, th- the games I never mentioned the other week, actually, so I mentioned it now, was that when we beat um, Real Betis at home, mm-hmm. we as a very sort of second-string team. But we beat Betis, and all Betis rested a few players. That was still a like, really good result especially for the players that played that night, and it showed, I think, that the system works. It just sometimes, you know, depending, obviously if you get your strongest player, it works slightly better, but it still works. And I think that gave faith to the rest of the squad that actually if so-and-so drops out, you can walk in. So again, you look at it the other night, beat Dundee United 3-0, Scottish Cup quarter-final, ni Kyogo, ni Jota, ni Turnbull, ni Abada. Now, in most other teams, if you're losing probably four of your best players, are certainly three of your best players. That's a massive effect. Whereas that team, I don't have this respect and say we strolled it, but it was more comfortable. It was, than it, was, it, was, it was comfortable. It was more comfortable than it should have been. Uh, um, I think that's testament again. It, almost the almost the system, as much as the personnel, because this, this, we're just seem to be finding a way to win, and the players really get that. And it seems like regardless of who we're playing out with the lineup is, it seems there's a, an attitude, a belief of. We're, um, we're going to do this. I remember um, when Gordon Shank was in charge and it was actually it was Scott McDonald said to me um, that in the last 10 minutes of games he went, we know teams are going to drop back because they know we're going to score because we're fitter. He says it was a tangible thing where the whole squad knew regardless of if it was two minutes left, one minute left, we are going to score a late winner and that team were famous for it. And that mentality got them through so many games. They overachieved massively massively given the, the, the talent and the, the, the squad, the things they achieved. And I think you can see, although the football certainly better, you can see a similar attitude, I think, in that we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. There's not 30 seconds left clock, we're going to win it. And regardless, of, I've not seen anybody or very few that have played this season who don't seem to have that attitude. And I think that's spectacular and really going to serve as well. There was a period where Celtic couldn't drop Kyogo without dropping points. Now you're kind of getting into this and you're saying, well, Kyogo's coming back into the team. We're, we're looking to strengthen on top of that, but you've also got guys like Maeda, you've got guys like Jota, Abada, all stepping up. Those four players that missed the game on Monday night contributed nearly 50% of Celtic's goals this season, and we still won 3-0. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's how much we've grew as a squad over the last sort of... I don't know, what's it been now? Six months? Um, and you, you can only you hear from those that are experts on Ange Postacoglu that have watched his teams from for years and years that it's not the first season that's the best season, it's season two. And if this is how we are just now, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like next year, to be perfectly honest. 
Well, do you know it's interesting you say that, Colin, because I'd mentioned before um, that at the start of the season I didn't really expect much this year. I expected progress, but I, I, at, the, at the time I didn't expect us to win the league. I thought it was just it just seemed too big a job, and a part of that was also based on Angie's record. But one of the things I love about the big man, he always thought he was challenging himself and improving. And it's not just his teams. He's obviously came here and thought, right, I've never really won it in my first season. I can't not win something this season. And he's ready to win the League Cup. And, you know, at the moment, we're favourites for the, the league title. That's incredible. It shows how much he's willing to develop and stay sharp. Which, again, as you say, it leads really nice into the <coughs> season after. And it's one of those things as well, going back to your very first point about Karimoko in his future, if you're playing that team, you must have the feeling that there's something special happening. You must think, what could we possibly achieve if we keep on this path, this trajectory? Because, it, you know, it could be fighting, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, again, hopefully Saturday's a game where we come out, take it to Ross County, get an early goal, because I missed us scoring an early goal. It's been a while since we sort of put one in right away. Um, and then put the pressure onto them. You never know what could happen on a Sunday through in the city of Discovery. So let's see how this one goes at the weekend. Colin, against Ross County, would you start Jay Marcus? Yakimakis? Sorry. Yes. yes. Aye, so would I. Some, some spectacular, talented <laughs> podcast have called a double for Big G the other night. Can't remember who it was. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But well, he was spot on. Um, and do you know what I loved about the goals? And um, I, I don't I only put that comment in as a to annoy people up at the time because he was getting a bit of grief on the, the chat at the time. But um, I loved how scruffy the goals were. I thought that was brilliant. It's something that we've, we've not had for a while. It's just that, you know, it just drops in the right place, he taps it in. And I love that in a striker. And I think um, even if, you know, if Jota's back, say, I suppose the, the, the temptation would be to put him back in the middle. But I, I was like big GG, especially in Ross County. I think he, he thrive. He's looks like a confidence player as well, doesn't he? I remember a couple of weeks back on the show, there was me, you, and the non-present today, Kevin Graham, and we were talking about 
excuse me, the impact that Maeda and Yakimakis had made so far. And Kev wasn't fully on board with the progress that they'd made. And I think you were sort of on the fence. Um, and I said to both of you at the time, they'll finish the season with at least 10 goals each. And Giacomacchus is one away from it. I know Maeda's got, what, four or five now. We don't need them to, at the minute, if Kyogo's your main man and you're getting goals from all, all over the park, you don't really need them to be 20 goal a season strikers. But when's the last time we actually had someone that could pop up and score 10 or 15 across the season? We've never had that. We've always relied on one forward. Now you've got three that could potentially do that, and that's a better thing to have as part of the squad. So, yeah, definitely. I don't think you should be making too many changes ahead of this game on Saturday. It will just depend on who's available and uh, who's fit. Speaking about availability, we've got Connor coming in saying, I listen to Axom all the time as a podcast on Amazon Music. Other platforms are available. This is the first live stream I've watched. Great work and plenty of topics covered. Cheers again, guys. It was great to have you along, Connor. Uh, Brown Warrior comes in for a good point. Are we only a couple of signings away from being the complete art? article under Ange definitely need a left-sided centre-back and a quality left wing-back I think that's probably the areas that most people would agree um, and maybe another winger depending on what the situation with Jota um, and Abada has come the end of this season um, Brian we've only got 10 minutes left really but I mean we've, this is actually breezed in today we we're talking about Kev not being here and the rest of us having to, to scramble together a squad but we've done so far so good we must be keeping to the same system. That must be what it is. As me, it's, it's the same system, and actually, it's, it's been uh, been seeing some of the comments, some really positive comments as well. Yeah, a few, a few exceptions. Generally <laughs> speaking, some nice comments, and, and we've no fail today, Colin. I know, but we can't, we can't afford to because we've got nobody else to turn to. Nobody else to turn. I think maybe it's Kevin's <laughs> troublemaker. Maybe it's all his fault. Maybe he's the. That's it. That's it, Kev. You, you're you're on your last one, and that's it. Uh, um, yellow, 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 Graham. So a couple of um, not the 10 o'clock news items to discuss before we wrap up. We'll keep that topic here, even though Kev's not here. First one, one that's just broke in the last um, hour or so, the confirmation that the Sydney Super Cup Glasgow Derby, the kickoff is 8.05pm local time, which means that'll be a five past nine in the morning kickoff here in Scotland. Brian, you're not going to get a pub that's going to show that. That's going to need to be a house party. Going to be a house party, aye. Thankfully, the the, um, the 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 regulations are allowed. We're allowed people in now, so aye, that's going to be a that's going to be a serene. <laughs> a lot of people in their bed by three o'clock. I tell you that. How many people do you reckon is going to be up for the night of four? Oh, I, well, I think he put on a standard. Anyway, MT already in saying it's an all night. Yes, fair play, MT. You're 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 spot on, mate. Um, yeah, I can imagine that could be that could be carnage for a few quiet neighbours. That, that could be a serene. And I think a lot of people will be taking that Monday off as well. But I mean, I, there was always going to be that case. Sydney's what eleven hours ahead of us. It was always going to be either during the night or at that. I guess this is the best time that they can put this on that will suit the the local crowd and the the crowd back here in Scotland. Yeah, and ultimately it's the, it's the benefit. And you can I mean you can expect to take the game over there and then expect them to go to a game at nine o'clock in the morning just so that we could see it at a reasonable time. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, it's just, it's like any, it's like Christmas dinner. It's acceptable to drink at that time in the morning. If it's <laughs> or it's Christmas Day, that's it. Or if you've been up for the night before us, if some of the lads are telling us. 
Well, you've got to say, I mean, the, the World Cup's on in about that time as well, so you wonder what time the kickoffs will be there. Maybe this is just us easing into it. That'll be it. I had just a training session. Exactly. Pre-season. Pre-season. Sorry, Hen, I'm just going out for a, a pre-season. My pre-season. <laughs> I'll be back on Tuesday. <laughs> Gary Oliver comes in and I hope this isn't the Morton striker Gary Oliver because this is no football or lifestyle up at 6 breakfast at 7 can crack to 8 a whole hour between your breakfast and the can being cracked so some you're people would pull that can over you're an amateur pub you ain't coming to a pre-season some people would need would pour that can over the cereal I'm telling you <laughs> um, speaking of international travels the, the squads are out for the next international break um, the Scotland squad only has uh, Greg Taylor and Callum McGregor in it. Matt O'Reilly's been called up to the Danish under-21 squad. Hatati and Maeda have been called up for Japan. Uh, Rogic, I believe, has been called up for Australia. And the one that probably has caught a couple of people off guard um, and is probably a testament to some of the comments that we were saying earlier on is Carl Starfelt being called up for the Sweden squad. Um and I think that's great news to see a lot of these players that have been playing well week in, week out, being recognised by their country. But in the same instance, I'd rather they didn't go and I'd keep them at home, wrap them up in bubble wrap and make sure that they're fit for the next six games. Aye, it's, it's, it's that selfish thing, isn't it? Because you'd, you'd want to come back totally unscathed. But I'm really, Starfield is a good one because I think that that's going to really help him. You know, I, don't, I don't know if he seems a confident guy anyway, but... You know, it's really vindication for him these performances. I say, I say that earlier in the podcast. I think sometimes he's he's cumbersome in possession, um, but defensively he, he is solid and he can't drive a defensive record this season. It has been very, very good. So fair play to him, Matt O'Reilly. Um, we all love him in a show. I think he's a he looks like a fantastic player. Great recognition for him. And again, how good is that for these guys that have came to the club and they're getting a bit of international recognition? It's, it's exceptional. All that being said, and with you, Colin, I would love them to just sit in the house and watch it. I, I would rather, I don't want to see McGregor play too many minutes, or, you know, I don't want to see Tati and Yeda play too many minutes. But at the same time, fair play to the guys, you, you can't begrudge them. I think Ange is quite passionate about players playing for their country and, and, and fair play. And hopefully they come back with confidence in, in the injuries. I think what it is, is it, it sort of, we're talking about that pathway earlier about the, the young players excuse me, that would make their way through the youth teams and into the first team. What this shows as well is when you join someone like Celtic, it opens up the opportunities for you to play for your national team, to play at a high level. And what I'm looking at is that's an encouragement for Ange to say to guys that are unsure. And uh, and do you know what? There will be players that are unsure about whether to make that move to Scotland or not. That's just the way it is. But if you can offer things like Champions League football or Europa League football, and the opportunity to be scouted by your country to play for for them, I mean, that should make that conversation a lot easier to say, come up to Scotland, come up and play for Celtic. Absolutely. And the other aspect to that is as well, and I go back to it, is the coaching. If you look at how we play, most sort of modern progressive teams, especially across Europe, are playing, you know, playing football at the back, playing possession, high press, really strong tempo. So players can come here develop into that type of player they've got an easier keyword pathway even if they do want to uh, move on to another team as opposed to maybe playing coming up here and the football's terrible and blah 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 that normal reputation but the football we're playing is hugely attractive 
if you're a player, you would love to play in that team, wouldn't you? Surely. Like, Absolutely. It just seems it just seems like a dream. And, and you know, given the work Andrew's done in terms of the, the personalities within the team, it seems like they all really got on as well, which is good. It seems like it's a nice atmosphere. So, so many things to, and apart from that, obviously Celtic itself, there's so many things that make us an easy sell. Um, although I do love the fact that Andrew said, I'm not selling it to anybody. You play for Celtic, you want to play for Celtic, you play. If I need to convince you, I'm not interested. That. That's, that's true. I mean, you take a look at. I don't know if you've you've seen the article by uh, the Athletic, but they actually interviewed um, Matt O'Reilly's mum and dad, and Matt O'Reilly was sort of he wanted to speak to the manager before deciding on whether to make the move, and he had this whole list of questions all set up. He said the conversation lasted five minutes. Ange knew everything what to say to him, and straight away he's like, "My bags are packed. I'm going to Scotland." And it's just like that. That's what you're looking forward to is you're looking for players that are inspired by the manager to make that step up here. And um, I've got to say, I, I'm glad that we made the signing of O'Reilly and not the other guy because it doesn't look as if he's really kicked on to anything over the last couple of months. Aye, O'Reilly for me looks an absolute player, I think. You know, he, he, there's, there's something really, really special about him. Um, he looks like a top guy. And actually, I think I think Jota had a similar experience. Um, I think by all accounts he was he was keen to come to Celtic he was quite keen on it and it was because no it was sold on it through that conversation with Ange and also the profile of the club so it's great to see that it's becoming so attractive for these players because and, and I think you can see I go back to it, the mentality like O'Reilly like he kind of sat on decent wages and maybe played maybe no played at Fulham he dropped down went to MK Dons played regularly and now he's got a move where he's enjoying his football he's got international recognition he's playing every week and he said himself the atmosphere's absolutely blew my away. So yeah, it's such an attractive option just now and and um yeah, it's just like it's just such an exciting time to be a Celtic fan. And if you took us this time last year, I think we were all um we were all grey faced and and, and doomsayers and at the time it was a, a bad situation. But um, what a difference a, a big Aussie in a few months can make. Absolutely. Now there's one person who is uh, been talked about quite a lot in the comment section and it's worth bringing up here um, Gary Oliver who t- tells me he is the, the Morton striker I hope so because you better keep that team up this season they're doing really well in Dardo Guillermo um, Ralston not getting a call up and Patterson getting one is a farce the fact that Clark's also picked four left backs is unbelievable now if we were sitting here this time last season moaning about Anthony Ralston not getting a, a call up I'd be telling you to go and turn your Playstation off this is an incredible turn of form this season. He's spot on. You look at it, this is two friendly games that Scotland's got coming up against Poland and against the losers of is it Wales and Austria that they'll be playing. So this is the opportunity for guys that should be on the fringes of the Scotland squad to come in and show what they can do. Not guys like Kenny McLean who are just journeymen in that Scotland squad just to turn up and get a cap and to pick up whatever it is that they get. Guys like Ralston should be given this opportunity to show that there's a reason that they're playing quite regularly for Celtic and there's a reason why Patterson can't get into that Everton team. Absolutely. I think it's 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 crazy that Ralston's no starting. I think um, you can argue who's a better player, Ralston or Patterson, but the reality is Ralston's been playing. He's been playing consistently. He's been playing in a, a very competitive, under-pressure environment, playing for Celtic and having to win every week. And that is that's so different for sitting on the bench. Um, I think Hickney's he's bringing it left back. They can play right left back. That, that's an example of a guy who has turned down numerous under twenty one opportunities 
to step up to the first team and he's going to be given a game. He will be yeah, given a game. And it's unusual for me, like, obviously, Clark's done quite well, so, you know, we need to see how it goes and if it's successful. But, yeah, Ralston should have been first choice right back for me. And that's not, that's not through bias. If Patterson was playing every week, he might have been first choice. If Hickey was playing it right back for his starting team every week, he might. But for me, Ralston's in his position. Um, he's played a lot of football. He's improved dramatically. And I think, well, there's not a lot of sentiment in football. We know that, but I think he deserves it, if I'm honest. And I think it'd be, it'd be lovely for him. And I think it would cap off a, a tremendous season for the guy. And, and, you know, I think everyone would love to go back in time and take back so many comments about him. Um, but I in particular, I but um, I think yeah, I think the fact that the you know the guy's done so well and, and rightly so, and I think everyone's really proud of him and, and really backs him. And as you say, the fact that we were slating him this time last year and now we're raging he's not going to call up is it's testament to him, testament to Ange, and it, it's it's brilliant. It really is good. So we are going to wrap up with one final uh, story from this week, and it is a good news story. Um, just about. There was a Celtic fan who went to the game on Monday night against Dundee United and missed his supporters bus back home. Um, so there was a search party sent out for him. He was kind of put up as being um, missing and was found in Canvas Lang at one o'clock the following afternoon with the clothes on for the night before, still sitting at the pub. I can only imagine the text that he'd have been getting from his missus once his phone was turned back on, but... I mean, this is the kind of thing. He is in our pre-season plan, Brian. He's, he's getting the Sydney Super Cup. Aye, aye. So, I can't, it was Gary Elliott was commenting, right, Gary, he's an example. That's how you do it. Um, fair play to the boy at time. I don't know if that'll, that'll fly with the, the domestic life, the domestic boss, but, but good effort, mate, and um, fair play. He's glad you were found and you were found safely and happy. He probably had one of them T-shirts on if found return to the pub. <laughs> Now, it's been great having you along um, this afternoon. Uh, we've missed Kevin, but you'll be back next week. Uh, we'll hopefully have the three of us back for the Wednesday Bulletin. If you've enjoyed what you've seen today, leave us a thumbs up on the video below. That really helps with the YouTube algorithm. Um, and leave a comment as well, because that helps us too. Share this video with your pals, with your friends, your family, everybody. People you don't like, as Kevin says, but I mean, we like everybody here at Axom. It's a club open to all, it's a podcast open to all. We have been, um, it's been great having everybody along. We'll be back next week and PG and JP will be back tomorrow with your Thursday show. Until then, take care and a massive hail hail. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EZ to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.